Awesome. Hey, Brandon, you know, it's fantastic to be back again with Touchpoint. We're yes. in a brand new series, one that's going to be honestly running the distance of the whole summer. Yeah, this this feels like a marathon because we set it out at 13 weeks. When you yeah. say it like that, you're going, gosh, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. like three months. A that's, whole lifetime a can be had in 13 weeks. It's wild. But if you tune it in for the very first time to Touchpoint, uh, this is Brandon. He's our lead pastor here at the North Canton Chapel, and I'm Miles, the creative and production director here at North Canton Chapel as well. And so knowing that, yeah. week one of 13 is under our belt. Yes. We're kind of moving forward and trucking forward. And, and in terms of why the, the, the whole series is 13 weeks is because Ephesians and general you made a great analogy over the weekend talking about the starbucks order how did you phrase it i, I don't remember exactly because like you and i have talked enough I'm, I'm not enough of a coffee snob to really hang with those who are well what you said wasn't even on the starbucks menu so that's a token of that but you did reference <laughs> things that are, are okay in, in the knowledge of a person maybe would... i made up a drink did i make up a starbucks it was drink? beautiful yeah i think you did so i think i called it like a quad shot nitro brew with eight pumps of caramel yeah something like just that. sounds like a lot of impact and trauma from a com- <laughs> coffee standpoint yeah that yeah, yeah so ephesians tends to hit me like um it's been called roman's light and For so sure. roman's like right is paul's yeah. epic theological tome yeah uh ephesians is like that smushed down i don't think he doesn't leave anything out he just like he just compacts it totally you know and so it it's very strong it's very potent um yeah, so we're, we're like two verses in yeah. to a 13-week series. Which, which is exactly the song and dance. So before we even get into that, I, you, I mean, you brought these I kettle did. chips. And before I completely like get all the way into us talking about this, I've I got to understand gotta, why is this even here? That's a great question. We don't do product placement yeah. here at the North Kitten so Chapel. For those but, of you that are, that are watching and not listening, you might have already been like, what the heck is that red thing on the table? So but, here yeah. they are. I'm just going to hold them up. And maybe this will serve as a visual, you know. Uh, we have a, a, a break room here in our office. Yes, and, and things magically show up there throughout the week. I don't know who puts things there. Yeah, they don't help for people that are on a weight loss journey. But <laughs> it's great all the same. So yeah. the, I don't know. What are, these, what are these called? These are called... Pop corners. Pop corners, the crunchy and wholesome popped corn snack. I don't know how the wholesome in terms of like moral and ethics, but you know, we'll go for that. Yeah. They're saying well they're done here it says never fried. Ah, I so see. So maybe that's the redeeming quality. Yeah. The the specific taste of these are sweet and salty kettle corn. I discovered these about forty five minutes ago. Yeah. In the and they're room. now fueling our conversation for today. Well, that's about how many yeah, are yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, about I don't third. know. We're just gonna put these here. Yeah. Not not product endorsement. No, they're product just recommendation. There. You know, they're the elephant in the room or the popcorner in the room yeah. for today. And so <laughs> go with it. Now that you know the mystery of what that is and why it's here, uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Like you said, yeah. the first two verses are what we've embarked on, and you were able to talk about it for you know roughly forty five minutes. So <laughs> go you. Um, uh, but on that nature, I, I think that it, it would just be like valuable for us to just read it. It's two verses. Yeah. It's easy to kind of digest. Uh, but looking at it, it says this: uh, Ephesians chapter one, verses one and two. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful to Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so one, I think the, the the obvious thing is to say is like, especially if we're going to, as a church, embark on 13 weeks at this, mm-hmm. obviously we value the words of this book. Obviously mm-hmm. it is the Bible. We value the Bible in its entirety, but specifically uh, out of the series we just came out of um, where we specifically broke down the nature of the church. And if you haven't heard any of those messages, you can check them out on YouTube, on our podcast, anything like that. It was for the series, Isn't She Lovely? And so since we kind of broke down the different pieces of what the church is, this is a like almost a commissioning book to have us 
embark on what the church should be. Great. Um, and so that being said here, uh, talking about that, the intro to this book, mm-hmm. um, there's some things that are mentioned, some very like quippy, highlightable words that make us go, okay, is that important to know? Let's talk about it. Uh, the first couple things, I'll yoke them together a little bit. Sure. Um, an apostle, Paul being that guy, what is, what is an apostle? Um, and then what is a saint knowing that he says to the saints who are in Ephesus. So from your point of view, your vantage point, why is it important that we are making a reference to Paul and apostle and the saints of Ephesus? Great question. And, um, yeah, we, we kind of hit them as like speed bumps in our Sunday morning gathering. Um, because I think, you know, when we hear those words, we, we immediately go, I've never said those words in casual conversation. No, but if you um, have, good on you, mate. But <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they and they definitely don't sound like anything in modern church. Yeah, like right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use those words often, and mm-hmm. we and and they conjure up images of, of different things. So, apostle sounds like well, that that, that sounds very first century. It sounds mm-hmm. um, maybe depending on your your theological background it sounds yeah. like uh a, a little vague i don't know what that means yeah. um saints even even maybe even more so it yeah. it, it immediately sounds like you know old guys in robes with stoic does, expressions right. and, and even in the modern context where people reference saints in terms of like um, more like in a catholic sense if they talk about the saints in that way sure even still it, we see that as an image for that too. absolutely yeah. and and i think the reason that it's important to talk about them is because we need to remember that this is this is a letter written to a real church mm-hmm. in real time right. from a real pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about how Paul's different than maybe us as pastors right. in our modern sure. world. But, um, you know, we should not have a distance to the Word of God. Mm. We should always see the Word of God as very meaningful and very relevant for our life today. Yeah. And so when we hit those speed bumps, apostle and saint, we shouldn't go... Let's just run over them as quick as we can, so we get on to the thing that we really need to get to. We should hit them, slow down, and see them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another way of looking at this is, um, it, I think it's a challenge to look at scripture with both a magnifying glass and a telescope. Sure. So yeah. we have to look slowly and, and carefully and delicately with a great degree of intentionality. At a lot of these words, and there's a lot in Ephes- or there's a lot in the letter to the Ephesians. There's these great words that Paul uses, right? But um, we need to look at them microscopically under a magnifying glass, and we also need to look at them telescopically. Like, how do these things fit into the to the whole canon of Absolutely. Scripture? Paul's ministry. How does he want us to think about himself, and how does he want us to think about us? Sure. Um, so that's why we. That's why I think that's why they're so important. Is it? There's a little yeah. bit of a, a deconstruction, a bit to For go, sure. stop. But let's make sure we know what they really mean. Yeah, and I th- and I think that like you're har- harping on some really important stuff here, and I think that. When we look at any any book of the Bible, Ephesians for our context, but any book of the Bible really, when we talk about you know Second Timothy three six sixteen, yeah. and we we look deliberately to understand, okay, what what's the purpose of Scripture? Yeah. Um, and it tells us basically that it is for us to observe to have a better understanding of how yes. Christ would have us live life. And I think the trouble we get into, and this is a very common thread of issue when we look at books topically, mm-hmm. is that we don't see the full scope. Um, and if anything, you're saying the value of these words comes in when you think of the value of who Paul is and yes. who he's speaking to. Um, and so, again, it's that weird thing of like, this letter was not written explicitly to us. It was written to the Church of Ephesus, but it was written for us to observe. Oh, that's a great way of saying um, it. And so, knowing that, here's some some pieces just to jump right into the next thing. Yeah. Um, so, looking at that in, in verse 2, 
there's a very strong, like you almost miss it if you don't mm-hmm. know what you're looking for. There's a strong Trinitarian piece there. Yes. Um, so why do you think it's important uh, for us to look at something as early in the book of Ephesus as verse two? Yep. Why is it important that Paul makes the claim to say, God, the father, you know, God, our father and Lord Christ Jesus. Why yeah. is that important? Super good. So um, two reasons. One, let's go to his immediate context and then we'll talk about where we are today. Um, and I think it's actually the same the same answer, but we'll look at it in two different layers. Um, the early church was uh, a seedbed for false teaching. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. What, like any movement, let's remember how this happens, right? So Jesus comes on the scene, builds into 12 people, 72 disciples after that, and this movement just grows and grows and grows. Like any movement in the world, there's going to be people that look at that and go, I think I want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind yeah. of, I want to get in on that. How can I do that? And the book of Acts actually records a lot of this where, you know, people seeing the the, the, the fruit of the movement mm-hmm. and they want attached to the power and the fun. They really don't want anything to do with Jesus or yeah. they don't want anything to do with the will of the Father. Yeah. What they want is the sizzle, not the right. steak. Yeah. And so in Paul's immediate context, he makes this really clear, like, hey, this is about Jesus. Right. He's the one who sent me. Yeah. Okay. That's like, I, I am, I belong to him. That's that apostle bit. Yeah. And we're doing this at the will of the father, mm-hmm. right? At the will of God. And that's why he says it actually twice in there in those two verses, those ideas come up because he wants to make sure that his readers um, and the, the city that they are in um, and ultimately us understand that like, I'm not here for the sizzle. Like I'm here for the stake. Like I am totally, I'm following Jesus. This is the will of God. Now that's his context, our context, same deal. Yeah. Not too much different. Nothing, right? not, there were 2000 years hence and nothing has changed. Right. We still have people who want um, maybe the sizzle of power associated with, um, I wouldn't say Christianity necessarily, yeah. but any kind of a movement they want to hop on. Right. Um, and I think right there, it's so important why we understand that Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, he brings all those things in there because that's a really important thing to clear up. Like this isn't, I'm not just another guy touting my ideas here. And we touched on this a bit ago. This is, this is why Paul is so very different from pastors and preachers today where he was a pastor, he was a preacher, he was a church planter, but he also had a personal encounter with the risen Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. I've not had that. No. Yeah. Like, but, have you? Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. I've not been knocked off my feet on the Damascus Road somewhere. True. Yeah. And had Jesus directly speak to me. That that has not happened for me. Mm. Um, and so he, Paul's words carry a different level of authority. True. Um, so that's. I think that's what it really gets back to is authority. Yeah. He wanted his audience then to understand, and also us. Um, one last comment, and then we'll, we'll move into totally. something else. We talked a couple weeks ago at the end of "Isn't She Lovely" about the difference between dogma, doctrine, and preference. preference right, right. So, dogma. This is the stuff that, like, I will take a bullet for dogma. Sure. Right? And there's very few things in that category. Trinitarian theology is one of those. Is yeah. one of those things. Absolutely. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-divine, three persons. Right. That that is a very key doctrine that ultimately becomes dogma for sure. for the Christian. And it, yeah. And it shapes, you know, we, you kind of like went the full arc of, you know, it, it is so important that yeah. it's a foundational attribute. Um, and to build a house on anything that doesn't sit cleanly on the foundation, just why are we even starting? And yes. so yes. Um, kind of looking, you know, at the you know be- beginning of what you were saying, relating to the authority and why it's important, especially if we take 
note of where the church was in its earlier stages of development. Um, it is kind of interesting because you're right, like uh, 2,000 years away from these moments that the words were written, uh, we are no different. But only on the basis of this, it's just like we want what we want. Yeah, and so if wow. we just if we say it really simply, like the idea of how Paul is saying, I'm about to say something that may not sit super well with everybody, but <laughs> let me just go ahead and say who's actually speaking or who I'm speaking on behalf of. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's this weird thing where I feel like in a cultural context of where we're at, if we're to say again, you know, this isn't written to us, but it is for us to observe tendencies and human patterns and how God remains the same. Yeah. Um, it's that we find ourselves in a lot of ways leaning into the things that are comfortable and preferred. Yeah. And God constantly is looking for us to find ways to be sanctified and renewed in the next step. And so, oh man, that's but, that's like a whole. But that's a great. But in that though, oh yeah, verse one and two, Paul's just coming here to say before I even open my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know who this is on behalf of. Because yeah. um, he hasn't really taught anything no, yet. not yet. That's right. a great point. He's just kind of reinforced it. He's introduced it. He says, here's the way the airplane right. is coming in and how we're going to land this thing. He hasn't gone to any, like, here's what I want you to know right. stuff yeah. yet. That's coming. Which, yeah. For the well, next 12 well, weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And so the last thing, and this is this is definitely uh, for our NCC people that are mm. just, like, hungry for what this step is. You know, 13 weeks of spending in yeah. one book, it definitely uh, gives you time to sit in Scripture yeah. longer than maybe some of the other series we take on, and that's great, uh, especially in our summer series. And so I guess just a question, you know, from lead pastor to congregant member, yeah. what would your suggestion uh, for opportunity be to get uh, in a position to better understand and study scripture? You know, is Google a great place to start? <laughs> if you're physically on location on Sunday mornings, what are some tools that we have that you would encourage people to get a part of? Super great. Yeah. Um, so a couple things. Uh, I'll answer the first one first. Is Google a great place to start? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. WebMD. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's your example, yeah, right? Yeah. I, that's so gra- I'm so glad you went there because WebMD exists for a reason. Sure. Uh, but the trouble is, is like, I have a headache. And so I go to WebMD and what I discover is that I'm going to die in six weeks. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, wait, what was that about? Yeah. So the point being, uh, in this age of wide and very populated information, very accessible information, yeah. uh, to the person holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Absolutely. Right? right. And so if I'm looking for something on the internet, I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about algorithm and AI yeah, and how whatever. that plays in. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't even want to go down that trail, yeah. man. But like, I'll give you an example. You know, like I I know you know somebody goes, well, you know, Ephesians isn't even inspired, uh, or Paul didn't even write it, mm. or this is really the creation of something in the fifth century. You're like, well, yeah, you can type that in into the Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can find it, and it's going to come out, and you'll be like, oh yeah, see, I know. So is Google helpful? Well, yeah, but Google is like trying to find a beach ball in the ocean. Like it's just too vast. Um, I don't use Google. I don't use Wikipedia for me. um, Well, I do, but not for for research like this. So so two things that I I think are helpful. Well, maybe three. I'll go three. So first, um, probably the, the reason why we have Sunday morning worship gatherings that include the consistent proclamation of God's word. Mm -hmm. This is this is a little bit of deconstruction again, but I think it's helpful to remember that like a sermon on itself or a message on its own very rarely mm-hmm. will encompass everything you need to know about the Christian faith. Yeah. But what you do is you string them together over a lifetime. Yeah. You you got something you can work with there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite poets is a guy named George Herbert George Herbert, who said this. He said, "The Sundays of man's life threaded on time's string." Make bracelets to adorn the wife, 
of the eternal glorious king. Hey, that's good. There I like go. that. Victorian poetry. Yeah. yeah. But what he means is like, he imagines like Sundays being like pearls yeah. and on their own, you're like, oh, cool, yeah. pearl. Yeah. You string them all together, you really got something. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why we do it is because of the cumulative effect of faithful preaching and exposition of God's word builds something. Right. That's, that's the, maybe the first thing. Um, the second thing, the relationships that you have in place in your life, mm. hopefully, yeah, help you. Um, we even talked about this this last week in a different context that every Christian needs to be answering two questions. Who is pouring into me mm-hmm. and who am I pouring into? Um, the reason that bears out here, and why I think it's important for this conversation, is if I'm wondering something about a given thing in Scripture. So if I'm reading through Ephesians and I go, man, I, I'm in chapter two and I don't understand what this means, the wrong place to go is Google. A good place to go is like, I'll call you up and be like, Miles, sure. you know, you've been walking with the Lord for a while. I don't understand what he's saying here. Help me make sense of this. Yeah. So if you have godly relationships with, with godly people who are pouring into you, that's a huge resource. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons why we have this thing called church. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why, like, I don't just give monologues on Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, this is a church. Right. Um, relationships. Um, the third thing that, and this is really, really kind of low-hanging fruit, is we, I've, we've created um, a resources tab yeah. as a church Absolutely. for yeah. this question. I for get sure. asked a lot. People say, hey, I, I want to I go beyond like just right. my Bible. Is there a study Bible you recommend? <laughs> is there like yeah. a, is there an introduction to the New Testament? Is, how do I study my Bible? Of course. Um, and so we have that, that resources tab available, but then it's, it, basically it's an Amazon idea yeah. list. It's got yeah. like, I don't know, like maybe eight books on there. It pushes you in the right direction, yeah. So, just just totally. to say, let, let, let's kind of give you a little bit. Intention you know, around what to get, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, I would say to um, not to add or take away, well, a little bit of adding. Like the thing being is like, I think that um, our online connection pastor, Matt Brumfield, thinks often about how to get uh, people on location equipped for some of the things you're saying yes. without them having to have a strong barrier to entry to figure it out. Huge. Um, and so in lieu of that too, you know, everything's Brandon is saying just about in terms of the strategy of how you get to the data. Totally agree. I think that beyond that too, maybe spend some time learning what resources are available on site. I would tell you too, if you are physically a part of our location, we've tried to make uh, Ephesians journal Bibles as oh, yeah. accessible that just has the book concisely available for you. Did you did you hear like yesterday? Mm-mm. Okay. So I'm going to interrupt you only because this, this is really neat. I love it. So Matt, um, like you said, he does such a super job of like cookies on the bottom shelf, making it so easy a great way to it. get into the word. Um, so we ordered 150 of those scripture journals yeah. uh, like a month ago, I think. Sure. Um, thinking, man, that'd be really great if, if 100, 150 people got these. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Well, they were gone before the first week <laughs> right. happened. So yeah. they, people like, sweet. So yesterday we had 100, I think it was 150 more. Yeah. They're all, They're gone. all gone. And so now we got to get more, <laughs> yeah. which I love that as a pastor sure. where you just look at it, you go, one thing we really want to be about here, we've talked about this, is part of making much of Jesus is really going deep into his word. Absolutely. And so like, that's the thing that never changes. So let's equip you to yeah. do that. And so, yeah, absolutely, man. No, totally. And and by that too, I think that in the hunt for the right resource, nothing trumps God's own word. So the 100%. idea that we're supplying that on its own as a standby for 
just exactly to answer that question. How do I get more resource to dive deeper? Yeah. I think it's great. So either way, um, if you're a part of the North Canton Chapel and you're sitting with us this summer, we're just so thankful that you're hanging out with us and, you know, just spending some time specifically in the book of Ephesians just to, um, you know, prayerfully ask God, you know, how can we as a church glean better information and better ways to see what you would have us uh, do in this coming season? So thank you so much. And, you know, we're going to be moving on to next week, week two, All and right. maybe we'll get more than just two verses this Let's time see. because you know, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so too. All right, we'll catch you guys then.